Pass First point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is a very, very special one. We are joined by the duo from Locked On Cavs, Chris Manning and Evan Damerall. Evan, Chris, how you guys doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, oh, actually, living the dream. Chris, Chris, how are you as well? We yeah, let's get Chris. Are you doing okay? <laughs> I'm doing great. I've got a black razzle raspberry uh, sparkling water because no free ads. I won't tell you the name of, of the company. Um, yeah, we're not giving that away for free. Sponsor, no, we, sponsor Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, let's go. But uh, yeah, doing good. You know, it's we got some rain in Ohio. Hit some golf balls. It's been a good day. All Chris, right. How about Tottenham, man? I'm I'm so Don't, excited. No, no, them. we're not doing Evan. We can do our shenanigans where you like act like you can talk about soccer on our podcast. We're not doing that to Mike. That's just rude. <laughs> last my last podcast i did through the opening three minutes on matt geiger so my listeners know my listeners know that anything could happen these first three minutes are fr- these are free these are free the last 27 the yeah the la- we'll dial it in the last 27 these first three minutes anything could happen yeah so spurs they're really either they've um they've <laughs> what are the soccer terms like oh they've they've shown great form great form yeah, top of the table uh just picking <laughs> up three points as we go like you live in Portland and you have like not only do you have the Portland Timbers who once won a championship in Columbus uh, when Col- the Columbus goalkeeper. Uh, they scored missed- in the first four minutes, right? Maybe yeah, because he, like, he, he, he botched a kick. He botched the goal kick out of the back trying to clear the ball. It's unbelievable. But you also have the Portland Thorns, an incredible NWSL team. So the fact that you're like not up to date on your soccer terms is like. I was at the uh, Thorns win. Uh, over Lyon last week, so I'm. Ooh. You don't know me. You don't know me. Look, look. I, oh. I, like. I would rather send Barb's at Evan. So this is. I'd like. I'd like. I am glad that you saw it. There was a golden opportunity for you to say you'd rather throw thorns at me. Yeah, that was. You, that's, you really well, missed you know, it there, man. Off my game. I, just put on my. I, heels. I try not to. I try not to talk much about Portland soccer because Caleb Porter embarrassed himself with the Timbers after coaching the successful Akron Zips to a national championship, something Chris's Ohio Bobcats have never experienced. But I think our three minutes are up. That's it. And we've hit the three-minute mark, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's talk about Larry Nance. That's why you are here. Uh, The Blazers made a trade this weekend. I haven't even recorded a podcast since then. So, dear listeners, thanks for for love. Thanks for sticking with us through two minutes of soccer talk. Uh, The Blazers, they did a trade. They, they They did a thing. They sent Derek Jones Jr. and a lightly protected, lottery protected first round pick to the Chicago Bulls in a three team trade. There were the Bulls sent uh, Lowry Markinen to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Sorry, y'all. And the Blazers requ- acquired Larry Nance Jr., a somewhere between six foot seven and six foot ten forward who can also play a bunch of center. And what I want to talk to Evan and Chris today about is what, what can the Blazers expect? from their newest acquisition. Uh, let's start talking about his offense. What's, and either of you can take this and we'll just, we'll just go from there. Um, what can Blazer fans expect from Nance on the offensive end? So I think to start, I think he's really well-rounded. I think he's expanded his game in recent years in interesting ways that have made him, I think a more useful offensive player. Um, I think he's a good, like kind of off ball, not like lead creator, but he can do some passing and, and, and help you move the ball and kind of have an offense isn't going to stick. He's a, he can shoot three pointers, but he's very reluctant to do so. Um, he like 36% last year and 35 the year before volumes ticked up a little bit, but it's not quite there. He's like a solid offensive, good screener, um, good at kind of finding space around the rim, still finishes pretty well around the rim. Even if he's maybe not like doing those poster dunks he had early in his career, 
But he's just like a solid all-around offensive player that I think can be very malleable with whatever Portland wants him to do. So if they if they want him to space a little bit, he can do that. Uh, it might take some encouraging from from Chauncey to kind of get him to shoot more threes, but I think he could do it. Um, you could run him as a as a pick and roll guy with Dame with Dame or CJ. You can do a lot with him. I think it just depends on how you decide you best want to deploy him. And, and again, I think a key will just be seeing if you can make him take kind of more catch and shoot three pointers, off ball three pointers, just to kind of maximize his value a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. And as an aside, I, other than Chicago, who it's still wild for me to think that they got a first and a second round pick for Laurie Markkinen in the grand scheme of things, the Blazers are the biggest winner here in terms of offense because Nance is valuable as a screener cutter. He can be a pick and pop big man as well. Like Chris said, he is hesitant to shoot threes, but maybe Chauncey can get something out of him there. And also he kind of reads and reacts to the defense as well. Um, but he's also inherently valuable as like a screening partner. You just picture him in a pick and roll scenario with Dane Lillard as the primary ball handler, and he has a better ball hand. That's that, that'll be the best playmaker Nance has played with uh, since LeBron James was in town for LeBron's last season in Cleveland. So that's that's something important to note that Nance really hasn't worked with a really great facilitator like Dame in quite a while. And it's not just that, but like he is really good as a passer too. Like Nakai's Duncan put this like high pick and rolls or impromptu handoffs as Lillard or CJ McCollum or post split action with Norm Powell flying downhill. Nance can be a big factor in that and make those really smart reads and those extra secondary and tertiary passes that just kind of unlock things further for the Blazers offense. And I mean, if you just look at it all offensively, if you really want to be honest, Derek Jones Jr. was a mid-level exception signing for the Blazers. And I'll be honest, I didn't watch a ton of Portland basketball just because you guys play a little bit later than my bedtime. And so <laughs> I can't say like I was watching DJJ on a night night basis, but I could say he was pretty underwhelming on both. Yeah, he's not, he wasn't good last year. He wasn't good. I, so I, I can say it with confidence. So I think just as a baseline in terms of offense, and we'll talk about defense in a bit, but in offense, at least Nance is an immediate upgrade over DJJ, especially considering he didn't have to give up too, too much for it in order to get him. Yeah. The, the picks like the picks matter at a different stage in team building, but for where the Blazers are at, they just got, if, if the plan is to keep Damian Lord on the team, you kind of got to just pay the cost of admission. And at this point, if they weren't going to make a big trade, which they either didn't want to do or unable, unable to do. Um, and I think it's unable because they don't have very sexy parts. Like you, you just kind of got to, you got to, uh, you know, dole out your lottery protected picks and get upgrades. And I think, I think Nance is an upgrade. You guys mentioned the playmaking. Uh, when I, so lucky for me, living on the West coast, the, the, uh, the Cavs play at the end of my work day. That's, that's when their uh, games start. So I, I've watched a bunch of Cavs basketball. I'm, I'm a Larry Nance believer. I'm a true believer. Uh, I think more than just the fun playmaking, like the assist stuff, I feel like, and Chris, you touch on this a little bit. He's just a good ball mover. Like he mm-hmm. just, he just makes like, like the ball comes to him and he just, he swings it quickly. Like he'll make the third, you know, the three passes away from the assist. Just, is, is that, is that fair? Like, is that, have I not watched him enough, but like just as a guy who kind of um, greases the wheels on offense a little bit? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. Like I, there are times where he will like do something a little more advanced than that. And I pick up like a real interesting assist, but it's not what makes him a good passer. I think it's, it's a guy that is going to not like he, he's the one guy one of the few guys in the league that I think generally just like doesn't always really like to shoot. He likes to just like kind of move the ball around screen, kind of like end up maybe getting the ball back for like an easy dunk or like a wide open shot. Like he's very much going to just move the ball 
and try to facilitate something better for someone else. Like it was just in the DNA of his game, I think, for him to just not force something when he doesn't feel like it's absolutely there. I, th- I think he's incredibly willing sometimes too, I think to a detriment with his, with in terms of like wanting to, I just, there's times where he passes up open threes and makes the extra pass. Like, okay, Larry, just take the three. Like you got the good shot. Just take the shot. But it, it is in his DNA to just kind of be very unselfish. Yeah. I think unselfish is a good way to put it. And at least for a team like Cleveland last year, where they're so bare bones offensively, especially in terms of perimeter shooting, Chris and I are hoping he could be, be a bit more selfish at times. Um, but if you put him in a situation like Portland where there's an established pecking order and there's a plenty of people in front of him who are willing to score the ball so that Larry doesn't have to really be viewed as like a primary option on offense, I think you can kind of let him be a jack-of-all-trades master of none and just kind of provide things on both ends of the floor or almost anywhere on the floor. Yeah, I don't, I would I, I don't think they're going to... When they, yeah, when they trap Dame, I think that's the other thing. It's like when he gets okay, trapped, yeah. when Dame is trapped, and if Larry's the one screening or if he's like one pass away he's going to be able to make good passes out of those situations. Right? Like it would not shock me if like, you know, I don't know exactly like where, who you think he's going to fit well with from your end of things. But like, I could imagine a world where like he's, he's the release foul when Dame is trapped and he can either find like CJ off ball for a three Norm Powell off ball for something or like Nurk in the dunker spot. Like, right. I think he's going to get easy assists out of those situations and, and just catching that low hanging fruit in a way that like, Maybe Derek Jones Jr. didn't. Maybe um, you know Robert Covington did not. Like I think he's. Gonna they've never had a playmaker situations. at that spot. They've had. They've tried a lot of different things at the four, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's like it's been Alfred Aminu. It was two and a half games of Zach Collins. It was Carmelo Anthony. It was you know they just they haven't since since the twenty nineteen season since since uh, Alfred Aminu left. It's been a big hole, and even prior to that, it was Chief and Mo Harkless. So, like it's and a little bit of Ed Davis. Like they just haven't had this level of playmaker. So I'm super curious to see how that works. Mm -hmm. Um, I also don't ever think he'll be the second option in a lineup. Like the Blazers have so many dudes who want to score, like the worry that, and and I think it's interesting. You brought it up. It's like uh, asking him to be that secondary guy is probably too big of an ask and like takes away from what he's good at. But I don't think like, if you assume that he doesn't start and I don't think he will, you know, you're going to go Dame, CJ, Norm, Rocco and Nurk. And then off the bench, he'll still play with a lineup that's Anthony Simons and Norm or Anthony Simons and CJ McCollum, or he'll come back and it'll be like Dame and Norm and, or Dame and Nurk. And it'll be the time that they just like let Nurk post up too much. So like, I don't ever think he'll even be the second option on offense. I think he'll always be three, four or five, which I think from what I'm hearing from you all sounds like it'll really fit his sort of complementary skill set. I think the, the guy that I most want to see him play with to some extent and just see what the chemistry looks like in some ways to me is, is, is CJ because I could see a world where Nance CJ lineups when Dame is sitting are productive. And I don't know what the right pieces around that would be. CJ McCollum gets us like Larry Nance Jr. gets us. There's already an existing chemistry. They Bonding just talk over Swenson and Baker Mayfield. Let's go. But like those are, that those is your people right there. Woof, woof, dog pound. Let's go. Look, Mike, Mike, next time you're coming through Cleveland, the place that it, it, you, you have to, we'll figure it out. Maybe if you don't get a rental car, I'll like, we'll, we'll drive out there and, and hang. But Swenson's, you'll understand. Swenson's is is one of the finest exports of, of Northeast Ohio. I've basically only been on that stretch of downtown 
Cleveland Buddy, from the Marriott this, to the, this, to the I, arena. I, this, you're like the ringer tweet the other day that was just like clowning on Cleveland and stuff. And I'm just going to come and like tell you like, hey, like there's a lot of stuff outside of that little bubble. Yeah. I, the thing I've done in Cleveland often is be cold and take a nap right before the game starts. I can respect it. Um, I've but done the we'll, same things many a times. Yeah. See, you the, know. <laughs> and I live a, here. A January trip to Cleveland. That's like the third and four nights. That's tough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't blame. I, I, th- we're not going to get into all star is going to be the worst tweeting weekend of all time, but, um, <laughs> they're yeah, coming I, for I, your people. Yes. But CJ, I think CJ Larry, like, like, I don't know. Like, is that for, like, is, is it Simons? Is it like who, I don't know who it is exactly, but like, I think you're going to be able to build some interesting stuff with like those two, just to maybe when Dame's on the, on the, on the bench, just to kind of at least get something productive. When, when well, yeah. I mean, those front. minutes have been a nightmare for the Blazers is figuring out they were the worst second quarter team in the NBA last season, because when Dame would go to the bench, they'd turn the ball over to, Oh, I mean, for a while CJ was out and it was turned the ball over to a bunch of bad players, but like CJ and Anthony Simons and it would, it just, it was a nightmare. It was, it was bad news. So I think like figuring out those first six and a half minutes of the second quarter is like, that's like two and a half free wins. If you just aren't terrible in those minutes. Let's uh let's talk let's talk a little about Larry Nance on the other side of the ball. Um, we've talked you know passing ability and, and pick and roll and stuff, and you can sprinkle it back in if you remember some hot some hot info that you missed. But uh, let's let's come back in the second segment and talk a little bit about Larry Nance on the defensive end because I think that's really crucial to mm-hmm. the Blazers becoming a good basketball team is improving on that side of the floor. But first, let's talk a little about sweat block. Listen, it's late summer here. It's it's getting a little cooler uh, in in Portland, Oregon, but it's it's we're not out of the sweaty time of the year. If you are someone who perspires a lot, this is going to be something that lives with you every day. And you, you know what it's like. You can't wear the clothes you want with confidence. You have to, you have to bank this into your day. So how about a solution for you? The sweat block wipes, which can last up to seven days with a single use. And here is how it works. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, The next morning, wake up and go about your day. Take a shower. Live your life with confidence. Guaranteed. That's right. Guaranteed. Like the dry shirt guaranteed. Because if sweat block doesn't work, if it doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Sound like something you need? Well, go check it out at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Or it's available at Amazon and your local CVS. Today's episode is also brought to you by Indeed. If you are someone who is trying to find a quality candidate for your job, you need Indeed. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed. It's the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of that in one place, even the interviewing part. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skills tests to help you make sure you're finding applications from people with the skills you need. And get this, according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. They're better than everyone else, and they're making it easier for you. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. 
All right. We're still chatting here with the co-hosts of Locked On Cavs, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Chris Manning and Evan Damrell. We talked about Larry Nance on the offensive side of the ball. The Blazers' newest acquisition is going to help on offense. But the Blazers' secret to being a competitive, much more competitive basketball team this season is not being horrific on defense. And I think Larry Nance is going to help there too. I wonder, and Evan, we'll start with you here, where... If you were to best deploy Larry Nance in in sort of defensive scheme outside of the Blazers, but just like in a perfect world, how would you do it? Well, ideally, if Portland runs a drop coverage scheme next year, Larry Nance Jr. can really thrive. He uh, he's really good at wreaking havoc on both ends of the floor, but defensively is where he kind of makes his bread and butter. He's a he's a versatile forward. He's comfortable defending fours naturally because of his position, but. Much to Chris's chagrin, the Cavs went jumbo at times last year and played him for three as well. And then in certain scenarios, you can switch him on a guard. He can he can hang with guards a little bit too, which is helpful. Um, but he, the biggest thing that always stuck out to Nance, especially last year, is his steal numbers. He is big on deflection, uh, shot deflections as well, not blocks, but deflections. The Cavs really ran that number on their broadcast quite a bit, but. <laughs> Um, Nance really is good at being disruptive, disruptive in the lanes, disrupting passes. Um, he is just really good in just timing rotations, and he's really smart when it comes to his just being a defender. Um, I think Nikias Duncan said he's big of an all defensive campaign last year. I wouldn't go that far, but he also does have the size to play the five at times too. If the Blazers wanted to go super small as well, and they could run a lineup of Lillard, McCollum, Powell, Covington, and Nance at the five, like. I want to see it. I want to see it. Like that's, I think that's that'll the get some, I want to see. I, I think you'll get some burned that for sure. And um, I think he compliments. He just kind of acts like a bridge that kind of compliments the Blazers on both ends. But I think defensively is really where you're going to see his chops the most. Like, yeah, you'll see a little bit of those little things on offense too. But there's just a lot of versatility that he brings to the floor on the other end. And um, like I said, Chris wasn't a huge fan of the jumbo lineup. But if Portland wants to get weird to fit and play Nance at the three, I think he can hang with fours, threes, and sometimes guards as well. So, yeah, Chris, call, do, you, do you view call, him as a five more than a three? Uh, I, Yeah, because I think his offensive utility is as a five. Like, I think... He, the thing about Larry is that he, like, he would talk about this last year a little bit. That he doesn't, like, love playing the five. But the context is the Cavs sucked, right? Like the Cavs no, were bad. really, yeah. Breaking news hit the, oh. hit, the, hit, the hmm. hit that breaking news siren like whatever CNN would play. But the Cavs were bad, <laughs> and he's like six seven and like kind of skinny. Like he's not a particularly like bulky big. Like his 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 strength is really being able to move and be svelte and like and be nimble um, among the, the biggest guys on the floor, right? I but I also think like. He can be a really interesting like small ball five because he can run the floor, he can fill the dunker spot, he can be a lob threat for you, like he can and he can switch. Like if you want to just get to a situation where like maybe you're switching three through five with like or like him and Rocco and and like pick a wing, or like you want to go crazy and like, switch everything and just throw that out there every once in a while, like he's gonna be able to facilitate that for you. Um the I think he, the thing is that I think like defensively you can just kind of put him I think where you need to like the Cavs kind of out of necessity would have him defend like KD or like Giannis or whatever. That's what I was going to ask next is because yeah. the Blazers I don't know if they check the box for like who guards big star wings. Um, it's not would, like a lot of teams have good ways to guard KD yeah, and Giannis, yeah. but like is he right, your yeah. best bet? I would trust him more than than Covington. I think same here. Like, I don't want to put Covington at the point of attack. That he takes yeah. away what he's good at. Um, so I I definitely don't want to do that for sure. We, we would need, I would need to see it in like a better 
like in what the scheme looks like and it kind of like a better situation to kind of feel like I have a real grasp on, on what the answer to that question is. But I do think that Larry like could be a guy that like you can do that with. And I think if you're looking at the options Portland has, like he'd be the guy I would do that with, right? Like if he gets to a playoff, like if you play the Lakers in the playoffs next year, like I, I he'd be the guy I'd have on LeBron like that. I would just go that. And I, again, I don't know if he's, gonna be able to hang with that for like 37 minutes and i like we, we don't really know like what his upper limit in that side of the ball is because he's never really except for 2018 when he was really a different player he's never really made like a deep playoff run in his career like it's right. just that one time when he came over mid-season and that team was just lebron like dragging them to wherever he could get them but i i he's the guy that i would expect to to do that for portland just because like we know that's not covington strength as a, as a defender and larry like could be that guy and he can handle a bunch of different stuff if you're willing. And I, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to see him get pushed in a, in a way that he just hasn't been pushed before in that sense. Uh, is the center stuff or is the concern about the center stuff, his lack of rebounding or is he, or is he a better rebounder than, than I'm giving him credit for? I would say in context in Cleveland, he's played with Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love and Jared Allen and like Andre Drummond and Andre Drummond does one thing well. And it's like, just grab his own misses and then maybe grab other rebounds. Well, he's a vlogger but too. There's, there, there's a caveat too. Andre Drummond's so good at rebounding is because he misses the ball so damn yeah, much well, at the rim. Yeah, that's why I said he misses his own misses, Evan. Thanks for listening to me as usual. But well, yeah, I mean, um, Larry Nance is about to play with Nurk, dude. Like he's re- he is ready for a guy to smoke layups. He'll be fine. He'll fit right in. <laughs> so like he's gonna, have some, I, I, he's gonna have some PTSD with the smaller guards and the center missing layups. Yeah. Like he <laughs> might break and I think he'll feel comfortable. You know, there's he's yeah. he's almost thirty years old. There's something. There's familiarity is really it really. Yeah. helps you yeah i i think he's a better rebounder than than like his like raw numbers would indicate but i i because i think do think some of it some of the stuff really was how he was deployed and like who sure. he was playing with like he wasn't going to crash the glass when like drummond was there and he wasn't going to crash the glass when he's playing with tristan because it's like what tristan does like he just wasn't going to do that stuff and he's a very willing to just like take on whatever like kind of just slide into whatever role that like he sort of has to be in and they give it some, and he's very good. He's, he's good at getting up the floor and like running a fast rig. If you want him to be like, you're like maybe lob threat. If you're pointing yeah. add a little pace to your offense on that. And turning well, the Blazers don't offense. really throw lobs, but maybe I think Larry Nance might be their best lob thrower and lob catcher, which is going to be tricky. Um, <laughs> we'll see how it works. I bet he'll catch some. Dame has actually gotten a lot better at throwing a half court lob. He just, he's a really Ooh. like, uh, from like 37 feet and 47 feet he can throw a lob but from seven feet he really is bad at it it's a curious it's curious i don't i don't get it but it's never been part of his skill set yeah evan i want to ask you uh we talked you you were talking about him playing in drop do you think uh nance is a better help defender than a point of attack defender like do you think what is he more more disruptive that was to use your term as a help guy than he is as a as a point of attack guy yeah, I really do think he is a disruptive help defender, and I think because of that versatility, he you could he could be a defender in the point of the tag in certain situations as well because of that versatility he does possess. But I think where he truly wreaks havoc is as a help defender in a drop scheme like that. And I know Cleveland tried their best to run a drop scheme last year; it, it didn't work at times, but. Nance really shown as a havoc wreaking big man who can play the lanes and serve as a help defender and, you know, cover up a lot of the mistakes of a very young and inexperienced Cleveland team. Um, I, I really do believe that he is a very good help defender. It's just intriguing to see maybe a little bit of that versatility as well, like on both ends of the floor, but 
and maybe you put him in a better situation like Portland, his ability as a help defender just shines even brighter sure. as well. Sure. Uh, his steal percentage of his career, uh, this is from courtesy of cleaningtheglass.com. Shout out to Ben Falk. Uh, yeah. He was in the 98th percentile, 98th percentile, 96th percentile, 99th percentile. Then he had the huge drop off during the bubble season, 87th percentile. And then last year, 99th percentile again. Like he's, um, he, he just, the dude just, um, he's a deflection artist. Uh, and now the Blazers have two of them with Robert Covington and Larry Nance, like two guys who could actually force turnovers, which would be very foreign um, over the last decade of Blazer basketball to be a high turnover forcing team. We'll see. We'll see that how that happens. I want to ask a simple question to close out the show. How much better does Larry Nance make the Blazers? So I will, I'll, I'll put it to both of you when we get back from the break. But first, let's talk about Rock Auto. It's the family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And look, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts stores to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning of, do you have this part for my 2008 Subaru Outback? They don't because they can't. It's impossible. But you know who can? Rock Auto. They'll save you time. They'll save you money. And their prices are always reliably low for every type of customer. So whether you need brake parts or tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whatever it is, you name it, you'll find it there. So go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, right, locked on. And they're how did you hear about us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're still chatting here with Chris Manning and Evan Damarell. You know what? I've I've gone Chris twice. Let's redo this intro real quick. Just live. We're keeping this in. Evan Damarell and Chris Manning, the co-host of Locked on Cavs. Yeah. Evan, you're getting the lead spot here for the third oh, segment man. as we come home strong. We talked Larry Nance. What is he going to bring on offense and defense? I want to just, I want to ask this question and we can go in any direction with it. Evan, how much better are the Blazers after adding Larry Nance? Well, it's like I said, you have to look at it this way. They, yes, the first round pick is something that the Blazers had to give up. And like you said very well, that you have Damian Lillard here. There is a certain precedent and pressure to build a team that is constructed to either have deep playoff runs or possibly win championships. And you're also upgrading on Derek Jones Jr., who wasn't great in Portland last year, because after you said that, I kind of did a deep dive on his stats while we were chatting. And yeah, he was, he was, he was suboptimal. He's not good. He wasn't, he's not a very good basketball player. He's a fun dunker, but he, I have some qualms. The man's good at guarding guards, but he has to play forward and he can't shoot. So you can't play him at the two, but that's for another podcast. Go on. No, no problem. But Larry Nance <laughs> Jr. is uh he he's hesitant to shoot, but he can defend guards. He can play the forward position. He can also defend forwards as well, which is helpful. Um, I just think as a baseline, like if you look at it like that, yeah, the the Blazers have gotten better. They got a player that can serve as a bridge on both offense and defense, and Larry Nance, who will be fought alongside Damian Lillard, can provide some interesting wrinkles on the offense and kind of make life easier for Dame, CJ, Norm, even Nurkic as well, and then. I did, we didn't even touch on this in the last segment, but like the switchability and the fun that you can have with Nance, Rocco, just on the perimeter, then you have Nurkic just kind of patrolling the paint as well. Like that's a really fun combination for Portland too. Like there's some potential there to do some cr- 
creative things on the defensive side of the ball. Like Nance is a jack of all trades, master of none. I think there's a reason why a lot of teams, when I throughout this process, like heading into last year, the Cavs had a lot of Western Conference teams, mostly Phoenix and Denver, reaching out about Nance, saying like, "Hey." We like the trade for him, and then the asking price is pretty high, and it's slowly right. gotten lower and lower over time. And I think Portland really took advantage of the fact that Larry wanted to be traded to a contending team or a team at least that can make a serious threat in the playoffs. That, and, use that C word. My listeners are going to love that. You hear that? Someone from outside the market just called the Blazers a contending pandering. team. That pandering. That is pandering, because if you listen to this podcast, I'm not using that word. Jesus. Listen, CJ McCollum is the common gap between us now, Chris, and so is Larry Nance. We have two players that get us. Now we have to get Blazers fans. There so. you go. Welcome <laughs> to the club. Oh, no problem. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I think I just like thinking of vacuum. Yes, Larry Nance Jr. makes them better. Now, granted, you have to see one: can he stay healthy? And yeah, two, that's a big one. What is it going to look like on court as well? Because Chris got really heated last week when we were talking about Larry Markkinen coming to the Cavs, and I still don't know how he feels about it after letting it settle in a little bit, but. You have to look at this in like yes, in a vacuum, maybe for the Cavs perspective, adding marketing doesn't make sense. But I'm also going to have the caveat of saying I need to see this on the floor and see how Portland's coaching staff works with Larry and just kind of see how this executes and rolls out as the season goes on. Larry, Chris, Larry, are is, they, is, yeah. is there a difference in what the Blazers were last year with Larry Nance? Like, are they they were a you know. Uh, a low level playoff team last year. Are they, are they the same thing with Larry Nance or does he take them a step further? I I don't know if he takes them a a full step further, but I think like you can't be worse when you've added a guy that I think can be like a a top eight guy and like a a title winning team. Like, I don't know if it is this team, right? Like, I don't know if this team, if, if Chauncey plus him plus like what like maybe there's Cody Zeller is the really Co- big yeah, name Co- that you're yeah. missing here and that you okay, Cody, better believe honest, that's a championship okay, honestly honestly bargain contract for Cody Zeller good for them I um, think the Blazers had a good offseason they just didn't yeah, have yeah. the offseason they needed so, correct. correct that for me it's like they did a good job but the thing they needed was to like g- take this step and I think that's and like Larry Nance makes them better I agree with everything Evan said he makes them better like they're gonna they're gonna be a better basketball team now but mm-hmm. how much? How much? And I guess that's that's where I leave it to you. Like, how much do you really yeah. think? I, I think it's I think it's a situation where, like, if you had to hope, I, I think some of this is always a little bit of luck, right? Like, you're hoping that like the Lakers implode, or like you know you have this year Kawhi like might not play at all. You would ex- you would think, and like right. maybe things just like maybe like this is a year where like Jokic just isn't quite as good, or like you know Dallas just remains kind of like unable to support Luca in a meaningful way. Like, the, if if the window opens. And you get lucky. Larry can be a guy that can like solidify your top eight and help you go on a run to maybe to get a, a have a deeper run in you that is is a, has some substance to it, right? I would also just note that I kind of I I under there is some availability question, but I also just argue that some of it has been fluky with him. Um, like last year, he broke his hand when he like was joshing for ball and it just got smacked in an awkward angle. Like that just happens, and he had mm-hmm. a, he had a non COVID illness. Like he he. Sometimes like stuff just happens and I have a very hard time unless it's like Kevin Love um, because Kevin Love's legs are just kind of like cooked. It's it would you would think. But like I have a hard time ascribing him as like super injury prone, even like he's never played more than 66 games in his career. That's not like great. But sometimes like the injuries he's had, like the hand last year were just like it was just a fluke. Like, I don't know how you could have like 
you can blame that on like him necessarily being injury prone. It's like definitely like you have to hope you can keep him healthy and and like him and Nurk, I think as like a duo where like they both had some injury concerns in the past. And Zeller, like, throw him in there and, too. And, the whole, and the Zeller, whole front yeah. line. The whole yeah, front line. Some con- yeah, you have some concerns there, but I think like you can be a guy. And I, I also think he's a guy that like will vibe with Dame. I really think if you're looking at bringing in a guy that is going to like add to what Dame gets a lot of the credit for, and you can tell me like like is it like is it Dame plus CJ plus like the organ like whatever it is like that the the culture that seems to exist in Portland I think is something Larry clearly wanted, and I think he's going to buy. And I don't think you're going to have like an issue where like he's not going to vibe with everything else that is going on around him there. Can what I go is- medical engineer real quick and be a real wet blanket on top of Chris's wet blanket? Yeah, hit us. For, get us. Yeah, hit us with the blanket. For, for for those who may not know, Larry has Crohn's disease. That is a part of his charity and foundation is to work with children that are freshly diagnosed with IBS, Crohn's disease, um, colitis as well. Uh, those with Crohn's are more susceptible to developing osteoporosis. And um, Larry, for a fun fact as well, when he was a freshman in high school, his family's abnormally tall. His brother Pete plays for Northwestern. His sister's very tall. His dad is. Uh, Larry Nance. <laughs> so you may have seen him dunk. You he may have seen him movie. dunk once or twice. There's a reason Larry's a junior. Yeah, there's right. a reason why he's a junior. Ah, correct. I'm, I'm yeah. starting to put that together now. Nice. There you go. But he was 5'10, 5'11, his freshman year of high school. They discovered he had Crohn's. They put him on Remicade, which is essentially a steroid, which caused his body to shoot up super quickly. From He went from like 5'11 to 6'6, six, 6'7 six, six, by his sophomore, junior years. Like, that's a pretty massive growth spurt so i think i don't want to be a total medical expert just because of my background though i think there is a little bit of a coincidence that larry has some freak injuries when it comes to like broken bones and things like that or hand and wrist injuries because of the crohn's disease so there maybe might be a little bit of a concern there but at the same time he's not going to be as leaned on as heavily in portland as he was in cleveland so maybe that can mitigate some of the risk as well what is uh, Larry like as a human? Like you guys have been around him. What's he like as a guy? He's like honestly one of the most normal human beings to play professional sports. Like that, I know that seems odd, but there's no, a certain that's level a, that's of notable. If once you spend time around enough professional athletes, you realize that nor- the people who can do this job and remain normal people is pretty rare. Yeah, like there's a certain level of celebrity when it comes to being a professional athlete. Like you feel a certain level of separation between the two. Like if you're in the Cavs locker room, like Kevin Love can shoot the shit with you about a movie or something, but you still look at him and he's a freaking banana Republic model and he has more money than God so much so that he told Kobe Altman to go ahead and find him once because they pay him enough money. But Larry is just a normal dude. He likes the Browns a lot. I think he really does rep being from Northeast Ohio and wears it with pride on his sleeve. Um, I think, like Chris said, he's really going to vibe with Dame and the culture in Portland quite a bit. And I think he's just going to be a conduit that fans can get behind. And he's going to try and really quickly try and be relatable. I know, like, this is a good way to kind of tie things together. We're talking about soccer at the top. Larry's a huge soccer head. This, This is why you get pros on the pod. You beat me to it. Thank you. I try. But Larry's like a huge soccer head. Like we had him on the show once and he and Chris talked about soccer for solid 15, 20 minutes. And we talked uh, about specifically he plays like football manager, which is just like a simulator game where you like don't even get to like play games like it's FIFA. You're literally like Mm -hmm. developing your roster and like doing transfers and like letting the game simulate and seeing how it turns out. Like he's just a big like normal dude who like loves soccer like 
likes to play video games like doesn't really like even like fashion wise like he like will just wear like you'll see him like in like columbus crew jerseys chelsea jerseys like well that's why he started wearing all those brand t-shirts i think because he didn't care like that made more sense to him yeah he's not like you're never gonna see him on like league fits on instagram right like he's just gonna be the wearing like portland trailblazers like joggers his shoes and like a hoodie or like a t-shirt and maybe like a hat like he's very Mm -hmm. low-key like he like I talked to him, I funnily I had talked to him the day before. Uh, I did a thing for on him at Dime for this like community thing we we're doing over there, and I talked to him like the day before the trade broke, and he was just like, "Yeah, like I'm just hanging out. Like I just want to like be live in Northeast Ohio. Like I I want to like that's where I want to like have my kids grow up. He's just like very normal and like grounded in a way that like just I it's just it's cliche for us to say it at this point. And like, there's obviously like a layer that I don't want to ascribe that. Like we know everything about him because there is like that wall up to some degree, but he's just is one of just like the most like relaxed, like normal guys. Like he doesn't ever like, I've never talked to him, whether it was like in a scrum one-on-one, whatever, or just like casually like BSing, like when you see him in locker room or whatever, but I've never talked to him and not heard him talk very even keeled. Like he doesn't get like angry. He doesn't get grumpy. He just like kind of is mellow in, in a stay mellow hashtag stay mellow, but he yeah. stays. He's, well, very, that's who he's replacing. So that's perfect. Welcome synergy. Yeah, perfect synergy. Yeah. He just stays very even keeled in a way that is, I, 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 I think is good for whatever kind of situation. He's not very flappable in that way. I don't think. You think he's going to be about a bunch of Timbers games? He's going to be—is he going to be at more Timbers games I hope than me? So. I, I hope. I hope so. I hope he's like checking out. Like, like the, the NWSL team is really. I don't know what the. I have to like look see when the seasons kind of overlap there. But like Lindsey Horan, uh, like you got a lot of like Megan Clickenberg, who's like all from Pittsburgh, I believe. Like you got a lot of like yeah, big Crystal games Dunn, on the who's on the yeah, Crystal Dunn, who's, in, yeah, who's incredible, a Tar Heel. Like, yeah. Yeah, oh, Christine yeah, yeah. Sinclair, a, a, a gold medalist yeah. at the Olympics. Yeah, the, like, yeah, I the think Canadian the Thorns legend, are low yeah. key the maybe the best women's soccer program in the world. Um, world class soccer here in Portland, Soccer City, yeah. USA. Well, it's it's true, but like he's he's got like a really good like soccer you can just go watch and like he like I, it would not shock me if like like when Columbus plays in Portland, uh, he's just like there like wearing like a Jazzy Zardes jersey. Like it would not shock me if like that's what he's doing or like. Oh, he's going to still be a crew fan because he's a true Ohio. Well, man, the, huh? the other th- like the thing I you should ask him to like break the ice him a little bit is like maybe like off to the side of a scrum. Hopefully fingers crossed to be like get in person media availability. Ask him. he When I talk to him about soccer, he still wakes up really early. Like for, like so in East Coast time usually to watch. Oh, Chelsea. he's going to be so, in like, trouble. That, so ask, ask him how he's doing that. Because I like because if it's if it's like it's West Coast, it's specific standard time. Yeah. If that's who Chelsea's playing at like 9 a.m., that would have like Eastern time. So it's like 6 a.m. Western time. Like, I don't know if Larry, like on a Sunday after like playing the night before is going to be like super thrilled to get up that early. All right. That's that's what we'll be watching. How early on sa- Saturdays in the it's, late it's, fall? It's like J.R. Smith playing an early Sunday game, but Larry Nance in soccer. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Uh, before I let you guys get out of here, where can people get more of your stuff? I know you you all are all over the internet. Tell them where they can find you. Chris, you want to, you want to take point on this one? No. Okay. Well, you can find me on Twitter at am not Evan. I run a Facebook bulletin page called Write Down Euclid. 
you can subscribe to that and get my articles about the Cavs, the Browns, the future Guardians, anything you name it in between there in Cleveland. Um, Locked on Cavs is banned from Twitter. We don't know what we did still. So if we actually we do know what we there, did follow because us. a lot of other Locked on, locked on accounts. Locked on Blazers is also banned. Locked on Blazers is also banned. We're banned. We've been free. We've, free, we got free locked on Cavs, free locked on Blazers. But if you want to check out the show, we do this three days a week right now, five days a week. Usually we're on YouTube now as well. So please give us a subscription there. Hit the notification bell. We do live shows once a week and everything else. It's uh, it's I was in one live show. I was a, I was a viewer. So I've been there. I hang That's out. Right. There you go. I learn about the team. It's the real MVP right there, folks. But Chris, why don't you plug yourself? Yeah, uh, Evan and I co-run for the store together. Uh, I do work at Dime. Yeah, we also do that as well. Yes, we do do that. Uh, Freelance for the good folks over at Dime, Cleveland Magazine. Um, And I'm trying not to use Twitter. So if you like what I said here and like want to follow my takes, uh, go to cdmanwrites.substack.com because I'm going to start just like reminding people what I do there so I can stay off the stupid website that is twitter.com. That sounds healthy and wonderful. Dear listeners, tell your friends about this podcast. You are listening to a podcast in late August, the NBA season. If you are this big of a Blazer fan and you've got other big Blazer fans in your life, tell them about Lockdown Blazers. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. We got Mailbag Monday coming later this week if you want to get in the show tweet at me at mike g rich or send me an email locked on blazers pod at gmail.com appreciate you listening talk to you soon